Amen. Praise God. Luke chapter 24, verse 36. As they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the middle of them, in the midst, and said unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted and supposed that they had seen a spirit. Now Jesus had just said peace and now they're afraid. He said unto them, why are you troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I, handle me and see. For a spirit hath not flesh and bones as you see me have. And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they yet believed not for joy and wondered and said, uh, excuse me, he said unto them, have ye here any meat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish and of an honeycomb, and he took it and did eat before them. And he said unto them, these are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Jesus said, everything's been fulfilled. I have come now to spend these last few hours with you, and uh, nothing needs to be done further. Then opened he their understanding, this is powerful, that they might understand the scriptures. We just heard a, a praise report about the word. It's not how much word you hear, it's how much you comprehend and retain. It's great to hear a lot of word, but if we don't understand it and apply it, it does us no good. He said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. So he is telling them what to preach and where to preach it. And you are witnesses of these things, and behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued or clothed with the power from on high. He led them out as far as Bethany and lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass while he blessed them, he was parted from them or he left, carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. This is Jesus' departure from earth. And I want to pick up on two words here in verse 49 he said tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until everyone say until yeah. means it hasn't happened yet but it's going to happen but you're going to have to wait verse 53 says and they were continually in the temple say continually yeah. amen I want to talk to us about continue until praise God let's put our Bibles down and let God open up our understanding and, and speak to us today as he wants to speak to us individually and collectively. Lord, we thank you for this day. I thank you for the word, God, that you are going to deposit in our heart, God. I pray that it would bring forth much fruit, God. It would prosper in us. It would accomplish what you send it to do, Lord. I pray for encouragement. I pray, Lord Jesus, that your will would be accomplished in every person, every family, and every home. In the name of Jesus, we pray and we give you all honor today in Jesus name. Amen. Praise God. You can be seated. Thank you for standing for the reading of the word. The last statement 
and, and think about this, that Jesus ever made to his disciples was, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, the Holy Ghost, my Spirit. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued, filled with, clothed, covered with power from on high. Jesus said to his disciples, tarry, wait, remain until. Now, years ago, people used to think that you had to tarry for the Holy Ghost or wait. Come up to the altar and just wait, wait, wait and pray for no, God can fill you instantly. This, that's out of context. This context of this is the Holy Ghost had never been poured out yet. He is giving them a location. He is giving them instruction. He said, I want you to go to Jerusalem and wait. Wait, not indefinitely, but until. He didn't tell them how long. He just said, wait until his spirit was poured out. Power from heaven came to them. Amen. And uh, that was what Jesus was preparing them for. And uh, all he gave them was a place. Go wait in Jerusalem until I'll show up there and baptize you with supernatural power. Amen. I never want the Holy Ghost to become, amen, common to me. It is not a common experience. Amen. It is supernatural. I don't care how bad you want it, how bad you think you can manufacture it. No one can teach you to speak in tongues. No one can teach you to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Uh, it is a it is a uh, experience from God to you as a personal experience. What a what an experience. If you've received the Holy Ghost, would you testify that it's an amazing thing that the Holy Ghost has come into your life. Amen. Praise God. Thank you for your spirit, Lord. They had just watched Jesus fulfilling these things that, that had been prophesied and foretold hundreds of years prior to his birth by Moses and the prophets and the Psalms and the prophetic writings of the Old Testament. Uh, they testified of Jesus Christ and the things uh, that he would do and uh, who he would be. And the very fact that this event was connected to Pentecost demanded that they wait because between Passover, which was the death of Jesus, you see, this Passover was now not just a feast or a meal, but it had become a person. That's the whole premise of the Passover in the Old Testament feast is that they had a New Testament fulfillment and Jesus was the Passover. The death of Jesus was the lamb that was slain and the blood was taken and applied to the doorpost. And Jesus was on the cross and when his blood poured out, uh, amen, he became that uh, lamb that the death angel had to pass by and say, I can't touch him or them. Why? Because of the blood, amen, that was applied. And Jesus was the Passover. The outpouring of God's Spirit is Pentecost. 50 days after Passover is Pentecost. That's why they had to go wait. It was not yet 50 days after Jesus had died on the cross and resurrected. Hello. The outpouring of God's Spirit in this case 
the year of Jubilee, which happened every 50 years or every 50 Pentecosts, were all uh, lining up in this year to be not just another Passover and not just another Pentecost, but it was Jubilee. Jubilee was every 50 years, uh, amen, at Pentecost, uh, amen, every person's debts were canceled and forgiven, amen, if you had uh, lands and possessions uh, that had been taken or you had to give, uh, amen, for payment of certain things, uh, those lands and those possessions were restored to you, no strings attached, just the simple fact that it was the 50th year. Every 50 years, everyone's slate was cleared of all past failures. I hope we're hearing what we're, we're talking about today. That, amen. When you experience Pentecost and the blood is applied to you, it's your jubilee. Amen. And everything that Everything that was on your record, uh, everything that you owed, uh, everything you couldn't pay, the Lord came back and said, hey, I'm going to wipe that away and give you a new opportunity. I believe this was built in by God himself in the Old Testament feast and Jewish laws uh, to ensure that at least once in everyone's lifetime, they would experience jubilee, a fresh start, no matter how dire, no matter how messed up, uh, no matter how deep in financial ruin, social difficulties, uh, it doesn't, doesn't matter. God says, I'm going to give you another chance. I thank God for this testimony up here that said he didn't just do it once, he's done it twice. That's the real story here today. Back then it was, you know, every 50 years you, you might as well make it work because it's probably not going to happen again. But you and I get up every morning and the Bible says, great is thy faithfulness. His mercies are new and fresh each morning. Amen. Every day you wake up, it's jubilee. You have access to the blood of Jesus. You have the Holy Ghost in you. There is a new opportunity every day you wake up to serve the Lord and to get it right. Have things restored. Great scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, turn to somebody and say, that means you. If any man, well, I didn't grow up in the church. I've been a bad customer. I, I've got a list a mile long, and then I've got a couple more lists. The Lord says it's okay. He says if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things, not some things, not the old things become new, but all things become new. I serve a God who is not limited to your past, to your mess up, your hang up, your hook up. All things become new. Of course, this is much greater because it's a spiritual jubilee, a release from sin nature, a release from your personal sin debts, accumulated debts, totally remitted, wiped clean, 
brand new start. I don't know about you, but I, I'm having difficulty getting over this because God, amen, has given us not just a, another chance, but a brand new start. A brand new start. And in verse 49, Jesus of Luke 24, we read it. Jesus told them, I will send the promise of my Father upon you, but you're going to have to wait in Jerusalem until you receive it. Amen. It's conditional. Jesus was carried up into heaven. They watched him leave. Amen. And uh, the Bible says in verse 52, they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem, and they were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Once you do recognize the word continually, that tells me they had the mindset, I do not intend to miss my opportunity. I'm going to be in the temple waiting until... And waiting continually. This tells me they had the mindset, I'm not going to miss it. You're not going to find me at the airport when my train comes in. You're not going to find me at the wrong location. Amen. I'm going to go where Jesus said go. I'm going to wait until he said he was going to show up and I'm going to be there when he does show up. You know why some people miss the greatest thing God has for them? Because they get bored while they wait. Hello? Get bored while waiting. They don't continue until. They start second-guessing God's word. They start questioning whether God's promise is true or not and start reasoning in their mind. Start venturing away from the place where God says he was going to show up. Let me tell you something. If you're waiting on God, it is not wasting time. Amen. If God hasn't shown up yet, you better rest assured that he will show up in his time. You just need to be where he said to be. Sometimes God wants you to seek him out. But if he gives you a place to be, don't be gone when he gets there. When he shows up, he'll be right on time with every intention to do what he said he would do. So there they were, continuing, refusing to miss what Jesus said was about to happen. And they had no promise of when it would happen, only a made-up mind. Hello. They would be there until it happened. Let's go to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, praise God. We're just laying a little foundation here, but I believe the Lord is trying to encourage us today in his word that there are great things that he wants to do in our lives, uh, but we're going to have to be there until he comes through. He's not on our schedule. He's not on your calendar. We're on his calendar. Boy, that's such an American concept. We're going to schedule God in to bless us. It's going to require no effort on my part. Just, uh, where are you, God? You're late. 
The Lord told them to go wait until. And here in Acts, Jesus began to teach and do certain things. And the Bible says he did them until, verse 2, the day in which he was taken up. And after that, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto his apostles whom he had chosen Amen. To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So when Jesus left them, he was with them for 40 days. He was around roaming the earth, walking for 40 days. But on that 40th day, he ascended up from the earth and was taken into heaven. It was those 10 days that they were to go to Jerusalem and wait being assembled together, verse 4, with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait. Same concept as Luke 24, 49. Wait until for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And verse 8 says, but you shall receive power after. Everyone say after. After the Holy Ghost comes upon you. You shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. Praise God. And so he is laying a foundation here that, that the Holy Ghost is going to come, but you're going to have to go where I said it's going to show up. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly, everyone say suddenly, there came a sound from heaven. There came a sound from heaven. There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance or the ability to speak. Praise God. This is so powerful. He said do not leave Jerusalem but wait for the promise of the Father but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost Ghost has come upon you after that infers uh, that they would receive power only after waiting and only after continuing until the Holy Ghost came upon them and when the appointed time came they were still with one accord in one place uh, can I tell you that position matters with God Position matters with God. Amen. He doesn't show up on your time frame, but will you? if you'll be where he says be and you'll stay where he says stay, God is definitely going to intersect with you where he said he was going to show up. They had to be where Jesus said to be when he said to be there or they would not. They would not have received the promise of the Father. Because I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost was showing up in the upper room. The Holy Ghost was showing up in Jerusalem. The Holy Ghost was showing up where Jesus said, you better go. Amen. God is a stickler for detail. He has this thing. He thinks he's God. Yeah. We're on his schedule. We're on his radar. He's doing it his way. And if you want to be a part of what God is doing, you do it 
his way. You show up when he says show up. You go where he says go. And you have to be willing to wait until. Amen. We are some very impatient people. But I'm telling you, God has some amazing fulfillments uh, in this house. Uh, if we will be patient, uh, if we will be obedient, uh, and if we will say, God, where are you going to show up? That's where I want to be. Suddenly. Suddenly, that's why we can't be AWOL when God decides to show up. It was only suddenly from the disciples' vantage point. Did you ever think about that? Suddenly, God showed up. Suddenly, God answered my prayer. Suddenly, somehow, God worked it all out. No, 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 no. Suddenly for us. He's working the whole time. He's moving the whole time. It was on his appointment book all the time. It's just suddenly for you and I. When God manifests in our situation, we say, finally God showed up. And suddenly he showed up on the scene. No, no, he was on his way. You just happened to be where he said be, doing what he said do. Hmm. That's why I told them where to go and what to do. They just had to go and do what he said to do until he did what he said he would do. Question is never, will God do what he said he would do? It's always, will we do what God said to do? Let me say it again. The question is never, will God do what he said he would do? It's always, will we do what God said to do? When they continued until God's timing was fulfilled, suddenly... Suddenlies are only a, a byproduct of God's timing. Hello? Suddenly a sound came from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Do you realize that God was not just saying, oh, I better pour out the Holy Ghost today. It's Pentecost. No, way back in the Old Testament, when he instituted the first Passover and the first Pentecost, he had to look ahead thousands of years and say, okay, on this day, this day is when my spirit's going to be poured out upon all flesh. So I got to make sure that it lines up back to this very first Passover because God is not a happenstance fly by the seat of his pants. God. I'm going to pour my spirit out there, so I'm going to institute it here, and everything's going to line up 50 days at a time until that last Pentecost is fulfilled, and it becomes not just a meal, but it becomes an experience. And you think God just showed up someday in your life? No. God had the very... Hairs of your head numbered. He knew your name before your birth certificate had ink that was drying on it. 
He knew the color of your eyes, the length of your body, and how many pounds you weighed then and how many pounds you weigh now. Just thought I'd throw that in there for free. God knows every detail about us. He's got your steps numbered, not your, just your hairs numbered. He's got everything about your life calculated. He is not caught off guard by one thing. We are, amen, but God says, oh, no, my suddenlies are just uh, my manifestations of my presence in your situation. Filled all the house where they were sitting. I've been in this room, I believe. It's what's proposed as the upper room. And 120 people in there is pretty tight. They'd been in there for 10 days. Everyone say 10 days. And they were still in one accord. <laughs> That's a miracle. They were in one place. Not quite as strong of a miracle as in one accord. Ever notice how small your car gets on vacation after you've been in it for five days with people you love? We're all used to our own space. We're all used to our own way. All of a sudden, everything someone does impacts everyone. We just get buckled in. We just get on our way. And somebody has to go to the bathroom. And we just left the exit. Yeah, so you pull over. And you do it again and again and again. So here they are in one place, one accord. Waiting, anticipating. Ten days had passed. They were just as human as you and I. I'm positive questions begin creeping into their minds. Did, you, did, I, did I hear him right? Did he say we should be in Jerusalem? Maybe he meant Judea first. Okay, Lord, where are you? I'm getting uncomfortable. This room's getting small. This room starting to stink. They didn't leave. As far as that goes, I stink. You see all the little things start showing up when you're waiting. When you're continuing until your mind starts playing tricks with you. Then finally you just admit, man, the person beside me even stinks. The whole world stinks. Where are you, God? You said you were coming. You said wait. You said stay here until. 
about that time. starts to come through. Blew out the candles. Increasing in power and velocity. Shutters hitting the wall. Scarves flying through the air. Tongues of fire show up and sit upon each of them and they all begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives them utterance because the thing that God said was going to happen started to happen where he said it was going to happen and when he said it was going to happen they didn't know it but he knew it when he said i'm getting ready to leave here and i've got to leave or it will never come because what's coming is me in spirit form and the bible says that he filled all the room where they were sitting and the promise and the power of god filled the room and filled their heart and filled everything they begin for the first time in the history of all humanity to be filled with the powerful holy ghost and the spirit of almighty god this utterance that they couldn't speak amen was from heaven amen and the thank god the power of continuing until was finally manifest Manifesting in their midst. Continue until. It doesn't matter how cramped or how long it seems since he promised. How many questions the enemy tries to throw my way. It doesn't matter. Amen. It just matters uh, that God's timing is not my timing. And it's impossible for God to lie. So I might as well go ahead and trust him. Uh, amen. And understand uh, that God said continue. Keep believing in what you know is true. There was a song written about that several years ago. Keep believing. Amen. And what you know is true. Keep believing. God's word. If he said it, I don't care how long it seems to be taking, it will come to pass, continue until. Have you ever wondered what would have happened if they would have gotten discouraged after two days? What would have happened if they would have started to disassemble in three days? Remember, this is the same group. Many of them are the same ones that when Jesus was crucified, they hung around a little while, but they got discouraged and they finally said, we're going fishing. Could have easily missed the day of Pentecost and the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, the will of God in their life. If they would have let their spirit get discouraged by what they weren't seeing. Can I just tell somebody in the house, the Holy Ghost wants to encourage you. You've got to get your eyes off what you're not seeing and get your mind on what God said. Because your mind will play tricks on you, amen, and your flesh will get weary with the weight and continuing until. But God says, hang on because I'm not finished and I'm not a man that I should lie. If it's been five days, just thank me that you've been in the right position for five days. If it's been eight days, thank God that you're still able to believe and have faith in my word. Nine days? I'm certain some of them, no matter how bad they wanted to believe, had a little question. 
I'm being real with us today. You want to believe. You've been in position. You say, I'm in position. I'm here. I haven't left. Guess what? That's great. Get ready. Because when God says suddenly, you've been thinking he's forgotten all about you. But I'm here to tell you that God has not forgotten. And on that 10th day, you know, the only thing that made the 10th day different and unique from days one through nine, God's timing. No difference between day 10 and day three. Just longer timing, more waiting, more continuing more dispelling questions, more getting, getting rid of doubts and fears and, 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 and trying to reason why God hasn't done it yet and why God hasn't shown up yet. I'm here to tell somebody, you may be on day two, day eight, day five, day nine, but I promise you there's a day 10 where God's timing is going to be fulfilled one day, one day. It doesn't matter. God says, I've got you covered. My word cannot fail. I will not go back on my promises. Uh, amen. God says, uh, amen. An entire dispensation hinged on 24 hours. And you think I'm going to let you fall apart? You think I don't know where you live? You think I don't know have your address? You don't think I'm wrapped up in your situation? I just need you to be where I tell you to be. Because I'm going to work it out in my perfect timing, and it's going to serve you better than if I'd have done it when you wanted me to do it. I don't know how long you've been waiting, but the message is this, continue until. Continue until. You know what God's needing this church in this last hour to do? Continue until. Hey, some of you are north of 50 and, and, and getting snow-capped mountains. I'm in the crowd, so I felt I could say it. Don't you dare start thinking, well, it's day eight. Uh, this revival God's been prophesying and, and we've been believing for and the things that God says he was going to do, I don't really even, matter of fact, as I look around, the world just seems to be getting crazier and worse. And Oh, I, three of us feel that way. To the natural man. But you know what? We can't sit in this position that we're in looking around saying, wow, it's been a long time since God says continue. Go there and stay. Don't move. Don't, don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Don't think I've lied. Don't think I've misled you. Don't think that this is all a hoax. Amen. I am going to do what I said I'm going to do, and it's not based on you. It's based on me, and when the time's right, I'm going to show up and show out and do exactly what I said I'm going to do. I don't know about you, but I'm going to be one that's in the upper room. I'm going to be in the last day harvest. I'm going to be experiencing what God said he was going to do. Why? Because I plan on continuing until it happens. Hallelujah. You may be in day one, day three, day five, day nine. But this could be your day ten. 
throw away the calendar and keep your focus on the one who promised. How long are you going to work on that big boat, Noah? How long are you going to believe that God said it was going to rain? You're at 100 years. What is rain after all? Well, you know what? I'm just going to be here until. Until what, Noah? Until I die or until it rains. Did you hear me? How long are you going to be there, Noah? You're an old man now. You were filled with all kind of hope, and you were just so excited to get started on the project. But now you're 100 years into it, and God's nowhere around, and it hasn't even rained one drink. Yeah. I think I'll stay until it rains. I'm going to keep on working until it does what God said it was going to do. You see, to know it, it wasn't a matter of if, it was a matter of when. How long are you and Sarah going to keep that nursery decorated, Abraham? The nursery's out of style. Twenty-five years you've been waiting on God to do what He said He was going to do. Anybody here got a long-term promise from God that hasn't happened yet? I'm looking at a, I'm looking at somebody with ministry in them right now that you've given up on it because it's been a long time in your book, on your calendar. You're out of pages. I've been waiting forever. How long are you going to wait on God, Abraham? Well, until. What do you mean until Abraham's womb is, uh, Sarah's womb is dead and you're, you can't produce children anymore? What are you talking about? God's way beyond. He, he's just giving up on you. No, we plan on keeping that nursery decorated until Sarah gets pregnant and has our baby. The worst thing you can do is not be prepared when God gives you a word. You go decorate nurseries. You go build arcs. You go do anything to prepare yourself and position yourself for what God said he's going to do because God does not play games. How long are you going to wander in the wilderness, Moses? You wasted 40 years in Egypt. Killed a man, now you've been wandering around for 40 more. Well, I think I'll, I'll continue until we go into the promised land. You say, Moses didn't get to go. Yeah, but he got to see it. And he got to prepare the successor that would take them in.
How long are you going to suffer, Job? How long are you going to put up with this stuff? How long before you curse God and die, Job? Uh, I've been thinking about that. That's a good question. I'm going to continue trusting God until I'm healed or until I die. But either way, I'll be continuing until We just need a good old-fashioned made-up mind that says I'm not in it for the convenience. I'm in it to finish. And I'm going to be where God said be. Mm. Mm. Oh, how many soldiers are you going to send home, Gideon? As many as God tells me until he says we have enough. You can stand with me if you will. The Apostle Paul. Listen to what he says in Acts chapter 14. There came thither certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium and persuaded the people. And having stoned Paul, drew him out of the city, drug him out of the city, Supposing he had been dead, howbeit as the disciples stood round about him, he rose up or he came back to life. Came into the city, the place he should have been running from. He went back into it. And the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derby. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra and Iconium and Antioch. Listen to this. Confirming or establishing the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must, through much tribulation, enter the kingdom of God. Whoever said it was going to be easy? Whoever said we wouldn't have to wait and continue and make up our minds? that no matter what comes our way, we will not lose our territory. It boils down to how bad do you want into the kingdom? How bad do you want to have a breakthrough? Are you going to be there when God comes to your rescue? Or will you be out abandoning the hope that lies within you because it was just too long? How many people walked out one day before God had intended to come through? Or in the season that God said, I'm about to give you a turnaround. You say, I don't know about all that. Oh, I do. We heard some testimonies today about healings and marriages put back together. Deliverance off of drugs and all kinds of things. Timing things. I think I'm going to be in the house of God until 
He delivers me until He heals my body, until He heals my relationships, until He heals my thinking. Why do you keep going to church? You still got trouble. Yeah, but at least I'm in the right position. <laughs> at least I'm in the right house. And ain't any time God says it's over. Because I was in the right position. I didn't understand why it was taking God so long to manifest. And we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God and are the called according to his purpose. He could have come day one, but there was a purpose that he was waiting on day ten. Not so that we would suffer, but so that we would prove him faithful who promised. That's what it says about Sarah. Proved and thought of him that promised to be faithful, that what he said he would do.